people don't leave jobs, they leave bosses. Is that true? Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're turning our focus on how leaders are affected by the great resignation. We're grateful to have Kedrin Crosby from Work Wisdom joining us. Hi, Kedrin. Hi, Sarah. So, Kedrin, you've got some questions about this Marcus Buckingham quote, uh, people don't leave jobs, they leave bosses. What's your beef with it? I've always liked that quote for over 20 years, probably, or since he said it. I've probably been repeating it, but I feel like in the last couple of months, It has some weight that he didn't intend. Mm. I'm not sure what Marcus Buckingham is thinking about that quote right now because of this historic moment in time where so many people, uh, up to 50% of the workforce, is thinking about leaving their job. The leaders who are left when, uh, when the resignations roll in are asking themselves, was I a bad leader? What did I do to cause all of these people to be leaving me? And they go back to this Marcus Buckingham quote, and they say, oh, they're not leaving this organization. They're leaving me. And so for many, many, many of the incredible leaders we work with, it's been a challenging couple of months. And they've been they've been grieving, but they've been self-flagellating, <laughs> I don't think is yeah. too strong of a word. Um, so I felt it was important to have this conversation on, on the behaviorist because so many leaders are having this emotional toll as a result of, of the great resignation. Yeah, it's really interesting. This uh, researcher, Anthony Klotz, he, um, he wrote a, a while ago, I think it was in January, yeah. wasn't it, that it was a warning that this was coming and it caused a big stir. Um, and so there's a lot of, there has been a lot of discussion about it. Uh, the Labor Department reported in April 4 million people quit their jobs. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting, you know, you were saying that people are really, leaders are upset with themselves, like, what am I doing wrong? And Klotz talked about this too. To about being a little more intentional about recognizing what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he said when people do quit, especially if it's happening in droves, you know, we we do need to look at it. But one of the things he said is to notice how they quit. Yeah, I think that's important. So if they are quitting in almost like gratitude down oh (laughs) right well i was gonna say if they let you know in time Mm -hmm. if they show appreciation for the opportunity Mm -hmm. you know and this is in research of hundreds of people that that left their jobs that's you know 
that bodes well, I think, for the leader in the sense that they don't have to feel too horribly about it. But he kind of moved down the list of mm-hmm. like, okay, so they leave, but they're like, thank you for this opportunity. This has been amazing to, you know, buy the book, two weeks notice or whatever, you know, and get out of there um, to, you know, ghosting yeah. <laughs> to just like maybe not showing up or like you were joking about, burn it down. Yeah. And so if, if there's a pattern there, there's a lot of information about the way people are leaving. Mm-hmm. And that can be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting you said to notice is to talk to the people closest to that person leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did note that can get sticky. Like people could be like, don't ask me that. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'm confidentiality. Not and, yeah, yeah, employment issues. Yeah. So, but I think part of why he talked about that was because in exit interviews, he said most of the time people aren't really honest. Yeah. You know, it's like breaking up. Mm-hmm. It's it's me. It's not you. It's not you. It's me. So he said, though, if there's psychological safety, then you can get there. Like you can say, this is for the good of the whole, like this, we want to know what's really going on. But the last tip that he gave about noticing when people are leaving, I think was really my favorite, which is to see where they go. You know, what, what are they, where are they going? Are they going back to school? Are they staying home to be, spend more time with their families? Are they pursuing some hobby or entrepreneurial pursuit or something like that. And to notice that because, you know, that can, he, he noted that if it's a bunch of people going back to school, maybe you can save retention by, I don't know, (laughs) offering tuition remission or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So it can definitely help with the, the, um, Self-flagellation. I, yes. That's what I was going to say. The beating those, oneself up. Yeah. yeah do those things help? They, it can. I think some of it is, of course, by industry and the personality of the individual who's quitting and how closely connected um, the competitors to which that individual might be going to are to the originating organization. So I think it can be a lot of things, but um, I I think it's wise to examine all of those things that he suggested examining. Yeah. So I like this idea of not being too hard on yourself as a leader right away, but is there a point where we do need to examine ourselves? Like, (laughs) Mm-hmm. Am I doing something? Mm-hmm. Is there a line? How, what would you say to leaders? I think leaders should always be examining themselves. Mm. And so I don't think it should take the great resignation <laughs> for them to do some, um, mm. some self-work, some self-awareness, some grow in self-knowledge. I think that leaders should be uh, just as obsessed with their employee engagement surveys as they are with their net promoter scores from their customers and clients. And they should always be attending to how do I grow as a leader? So I am a very big fan of the constructive 360. A constructive 360 is one that uses positive psychology and positive organizational behavior to help the leader find out 
what they could be doing more of and what they could be doing less of (laughs) and looks all around um, surveying anonymously from their employees, their direct reports, their lateral folks above them as well. So I think it's always important to be gathering data and analyzing it for usefulness and applicability. Um, and I think I think your point, Sarah, was really well taken about this is the YOLO economy <laughs> right now. And people are leaving because you only live once. And they just lived through a year and a half of COVID. And honestly, with the Delta variant, is it ever going to end? <laughs> but um, so, so when people are moving on, to something that feels more meaningful to them or more life-giving or is more closely aligned with their purpose on the planet, yes, that leader um, can take this Marcus Buckingham um, less seriously, okay. I think, and put more less weight on it and, and see this person as growing into their next chapter and be happy for them. Yeah. So right now... This is something I don't really know that people are talking about, the emotional impact that it's having on leaders. I haven't heard anyone talking about it except for every single person we coach (laughs) who is falling apart because they have sometimes for years um, just absolutely emptied themselves into their team into their staff and help them grow as individuals and whole people. And then they're gone. And so I'm seeing a lot of it, but I have yet to read an article in HBR. I'm waiting for it. (laughs) Well, we should talk about that now, though. What are some constructive, effective ways that leaders can deal with this? Because it's, I think it's causing grief. Yeah, I think it's causing grief. And and I don't, I, I actually think it can be our teacher. I think the great resignation can be a great teacher to leaders. I think some of what leaders are learning is that um, to hold loosely their relationships with their employees. This is not the 1950s. You know, someone's not going to come on your team and be a company man and stay with you for 30 years. If they do, that would be an anomaly for sure. Uh, I'm not even sure we want that. Um, but so, so seeing people as they join your company or your organization, almost as butterflies. (laughs) And I've been using this, um, phrase because it helps people realize someone comes onto your team. They're there for a while. They grow, they learn what they can, and then they come out of their cocoon and they might fly away. And so we can't try and hold them back. We don't want to keep them in that cocoon, um, but we want them to continue growing and become alumni of your organization and see that as uh, just one chapter in their professional lives that they spent with you. And you had the luxury of being with them for those couple of years. And then, and then they moved on to something else. So I think that's one way to kind of reframe this okay. so that it's not I'm being left, you know, abandonment. Now, now for those folks who are in more of a dependent stance based on their primary motivation or their Enneagram type, it's a little bit harder to, to see someone leaving you 
and see it as a positive thing. But I think that's part of what this is teaching us. Yeah. So this is this mindset shift is to help us not take it personally. Yeah, I think it does. I think that can. And and I think if we can see ourselves as being an important chapter in the trajectory of a wonderful person's life, that can help us. I, I also think using deep perspective taking can be helpful. So um, actually, we've had a little bit of the great resignation here at Work Wisdom ourselves. And so... I and my Enneagram One dependent stance have been a little, oh my gosh, is everyone leaving me? Um, and and how do I analyze? Am I a bad boss, or um, how do I grow from this? So, so uh, Kate has decided to move uh, off the team and focus mm-hmm. on her family. I think she just bought a new horse. You know, she's <laughs> totally living living her best life. Um, and so when she shared with me that, you know, her heart was really not in our work anymore, um, I had to use deep perspective taking in that moment and remember when I was a young, uh, a young person and had a similar realization and basically gave a similar speech to my then boss, um, and, and moved along. So that deep perspective, taking that empathy, putting myself in her shoes helped me to, um, cry along with her (laughs) (laughs) during that conversation, knowing that she's moving on to a next chapter. She'll always be an alumni of work wisdom and was an important part of our team for five years. It, it sounds like we, the concrete things that we can do to help manage this, it's really, it's, it's in, it's inner. It's our, it's the way we are looking at things. Are there other concrete practices that we can adopt to, to help us do this? I think, I think by framing it, uh, in a non-judgmental way. Mm. So not, um, you're a bad boss or I'm, uh, you know, not being fulfilled here, but more to use Gwyneth Paltrow's phrase (laughs) about divorce, you know, conscious uncoupling that we've decided we're not serving each other anymore. And it's not a bad thing. It's just time to consciously uncouple. So it comes from a place of non-judgment, of no shame, no guilt, um, moving along. So mm. I think that's another reframe that can be helpful. But but I do also think there are times where we can learn w- when people are leaving in droves um, or even just one person is leaving. It's an important opportunity to examine ourselves as leaders and think about how can we grow from this. Yeah. So I... I really hope that leaders who are struggling with this listen to this episode <laughs> to get some perspective and and not take all of the, the brunt of it um, and create that balance of self-examination, but also recognizing changing perspectives a little bit, not judging, um, uh, and having empathy, too, for what the person that's leaving is experiencing as well. Are there any um, last words of wisdom before we close our our conversation today? 
think the only the only thing that I really want our listeners to continue to consider on their teams is, you know, in this in this moment in history that's really unprecedented, there is an emotional impact, not just on the employers, um, but also the employees who stay. So oh. the, the, I, I think a couple of recessions ago, we would call these folks survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what we're calling them now, but the people on the team who are still around, who decided not to resign... And so I think there's an emotional toll on them. And there's also an emotional toll on the individual who's decided to fly. Mm-hmm. And so I think just making some space to have honest conversations about the emotional impact, not not pretending that it's not there, but making yeah. space for it, having honest conversations, looking at it constructively. What can we learn from this? How can we all grow? How can we all have the best lives we can possibly have and support each other in that way. I think that's the only other thing I think we really want to underscore for our listeners. Yeah. I I appreciate that. Well, I'm really grateful, obviously to you for being part of this movement, helping others in the workplace um, to be the best versions of themselves Thank you listeners for downloading The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe to our podcast. You can reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and productions, ask questions, and also give us suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with a quote. This one's from Tom Peters. Leaders don't create followers. They create more leaders. Mm -hmm.